0: Greetings from Tromaville. This is Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment and creator of the Toxic Avenger, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. So turn off your radios and don't even listen. I've got nothing to say that's of any interest.
2: Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 172, and I'm your host, Brian Zamrak. This is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and DVD movie releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we have, as our guest, the president, the creator of Trauma Films. It is Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd is going to be joining us. He has a new book out called Sell Your Own Damn Movie, and he's going to be talking about that. He's going to be talking about the Toxic Avenger and the class of Newcomb High and all those different things, and he's got a lot of good words of wisdom for independent filmmakers. So be sure to stick around for that. It's coming up in just a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And remember, Dee Wallace is going to be a guest on On Screen and Beyond very shortly. And if you have a question for Dee, you can send it to us at feedback at com. Whether you want to ask her something about E.T. or Cujo or any of the other films she was in, send it to us. We'll see about getting your question on the air to her. And let's get right into Remake Madness next right here on On Screen and Beyond
1: up and try again.
2: Remake Madness, well, a full-length feature film based on the car's Hot Wheels is in development for 2015 release, and a remake of The Thing is currently in production with a release later this year. And 2014 could bring us a stop-motion animated version of the famous cartoon and TV and movie family, The Addams Family. That's about it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen be Beyond, upcoming movies. Upcoming movies, well, 2012 will bring us Jean-Claude Van Damme in Six Bullets as an ex-mercenary is hired to find the daughter of a mixed martial arts fighter. And in 2014, you can look for them to give us a currently untitled film listed as Untitled FBI Wedding Comedy, starring Steve Carell. And in production is a comedy called Roswell FM. It's about a successful radio talk show host of the paranormal who gives up his job to take a higher-paying crummy job to get his nephew through college. And that's it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at sequels down at Sequel City. Next. <music> sequel City. Well, a sequel of Red is in the works with Bruce Willis, Helen Maron, and John Malkovich. And I'm sure they'll be bringing back a lot of other people on that one. And in development is The Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 3D. It's set for a 2012 release. What more can we say? And we've talked about the uh, possible Independence Day two film, but they're now saying that they're looking at Independence Day three to be filmed back to back. That's about it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen to be on TV on DVD. <laughs> TV on DVD Season 6 of How I Met Your Mother will arrive on September 27th. September 6th, you can look for The Office Season 7 with Stephen Carell uh, in his final season, of course. And Modern Family, second season, comes to DVD on September 20th. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, movies coming your way on DVD. Movies on DVD, Super 8 crashes into DVD and Blu-ray in October, along with X-Men First Class, and you can look for Disney's Pixar Cars 2 in stores in November. That is about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we are going to sit down and have a crazy talk with Lloyd Kaufman, who is the trauma guy he is you know the guy who created trauma entertainment and trauma films and trauma studios and all that stuff uh, but he's also going to talk about other things he's done and he has a new book out called sell your own damn movie and he's got a lot of great information for um, independent filmmakers on how to sell your movie and get it out there and it's a lot of great stuff in there check it out lloyd's going to talk about it it's next right here on on screen and beyond <laughs> Joining me today on On Screen to Beyond is director, producer, screenwriter, and author. He is the co-founder of Troma Entertainment and the director of the cult classic The Toxic Avenger and Class of Newcomb High. His new book is called Sell Your Own Damn Movie, which is a must for any independent filmmaker who wants to know how to get their film out to the public. It's Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd, welcome to On Screen to Beyond.
0: Thanks, uh, Brian. I've uh, been making movies for 40 years and finally... The highlight of my, the climax of my 40 years of failed filmmaking, I get to go on on screen and beyond. And I'm going to get to listen to my favorite director, Lloyd Kaufman. This is going to be great. Thank you so much. Well, Lloyd, you know, of
2: all the independent filmmakers out there who struggle to have their film see the light of day,
0: you actually know their pain, right? I know my own pain, which is... Ten times more than any pain anybody <laughs> out there can possibly fathom. Forty years at least of pain and suffering. You can you can't feel my pain. I'm such a pain-filled artist. The women love me because I I'm so full of pain and sensitive <laughs> as a as an artiste. Just look at Poultrygeist, Night of the Chicken Dead, my most recent uh, foul movement mm-hmm. uh, with singing and dancing chicken Indian zombies an anti fast food musical which uh, is uh, just uh, touching and you can you can see the pain i've suffered so <laughs> i relate to to all pain including thomas Paine, who wrote some great <laughs> stuff back in the good now, old days we just had a, a holiday um, celebrating thomas pain
2: mhm yeah now since you brought that up i mean we're going to talk about the book here but i i wanted to ask you about that how do you come up with uh you know the titles and the, the different movies that you've come up with. I mean, you've, you've had, what, over a 1,000 movies you've you've done?
0: Well, Troma's business plan, if you would like to call it that, uh, for the past 40 years has been to uh, own our own negatives um, mm-hmm. because um, at least if we own our negatives, uh, the tiny, tiny bit of revenue that might come in will uh, inure to our benefit. Charlie Chaplin owned his negatives, and he died a very rich man uh Buster Keaton uh did not own his negatives and he uh, went bankrupt and only his career uh, it was was uh, pretty much destroyed and only thanks to a pirate basically a uh, uh, kind of a pirate did he uh, get any kind of resurrection whereas Charlie Chaplin in spite of being blacklisted and put on trial for pedophilia and god knows what else he uh still uh made a lot of money <laughs> Yes. so uh... i i think it's very important to own your negatives and um we don't uh... uh we have not made a thousand movies we've made about a hundred movies i've directed about thirty of them like terror firmer and troma's war and Tromeo and juliet and stuck on you and mm-hmm. of course the great uh... toxic avenger four movies and we're writing number five now but we have uh... whenever we've had money michael hers my partner of uh... forty years uh... He and I, rather than um, buying drugs and limousines <laughs> and hookers, we have invested in libraries and have bought collections of movies uh, that uh, companies uh, have uh, um, been able, been unable. You know, companies that have gone out of business have mm-hmm. libraries, and we bought uh, about a thousand movies and TV shows and whatever from those various uh, overextended companies.
2: Ah, okay. All right so so with with all this that that you've got going on you've decided to write a book and share uh the secrets of how to get your movies out there right
0: Brian I've written six books right yeah I've written more anyone who has trouble sleeping I've written more books I, I've written enough books to cover the insomnia of and the entire island of <laughs> Taiwan and sell your own damn movie is my most recent and it's I think my best it's uh the most visionary the most forward looking and uh really does uh, uh describe the secrets of distribution that trauma has used for forty years and how we have managed to be successful in spite of the kinds of uh movies we've made with head crushings and hard bodied lesbians and and uh themes that uh, nobody really wants to see
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and so if we can do it, then certainly all of your listeners uh can uh, can do what we have done that 's for sure, and we are really stupid, so um, <laughs> uh, the people that are listening to your show are much smarter than we are, and <clears throat> I think if they read my book and learn the secrets of trauma distribution, they will uh, succeed also the other half of my book, Brian, um, uh, is uh, full of interviews with successful distributors, yes, uh, yeah. we go up and down the food chain from uh, from um, the guys who distributed Twilight,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I interviewed the head of distribution uh, there. By the way, I believe you've just you had on uh, one of the hunks from Twilight. Oh yes, yep. Who was that?
2: Yeah, uh, Taylor Lautner. He's been on a couple of times actually.
0: Yeah. Can you get me a date with him? Uh, <laughs> oh my God, he's fantastic. The way he glitters, it's amazing. <laughs> At any rate, uh, the, I interviewed the guys who distribute Twilight, and and not just how they distribute, but what they're looking for. In case one of your listeners is about to make a movie or are interested in kind of making a mainstream movie, I interviewed uh, Orrin Pelly in my book, Orrin Pelly, who created the most profitable movie in history, uh, Paranormal Activity, and how he um, uh, not only produced a, a no budget movie, but shepherded it through uh, to Paramount uh, Pictures and Steven Spielberg, and, and how he did it in a guerrilla like. Kind of a trauma way, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, and I go up and down the food chain uh, <clears throat> with uh, with the no budget movies uh, all the way up to uh, uh, step up uh, movies, the step up movies mm-hmm. that uh, yeah. Summit and Disney did, and uh, so it's a very uh, it's a I think this is the best book. Also, I show the readers how you don't how you can make money by having your movies pirated. You can make money by, by giving your art away, and uh, that's really interesting because Troma has been, been – uh, we've had some major successes by letting people uh, uh, have a, rights to our films for free,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. and that's
0: really interesting.
2: Yeah. Well, I haven't had a chance to read the book. Literally, I got it uh, four hours ago. <laughs> it, it, came, it came in, and uh, so I've been skimming through it. Is and, that
0: the Sell Your Own Damn Movie by Elsevier, uh, published by Elsevier Press? Tell you, and damn movie is that the book? Oh you yeah,
1: seen? yeah,
0: yeah. Oh good, okay. Yeah, I, just... I was worried that it might have been Eat, Pray, Love, in which case uh, <laughs> uh, I would uh, not only be bringing up the subjects we've been discussing but <laughs> bringing up lunch.
2: Yeah, no, it, 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 but I've you know been skimming it over. Luckily, the interview was kicked back an hour, so it gave me a little extra time to go through it. And uh, uh, of course, your humor is in there, and uh, but in in mixed in with all that, there is a lot of information that independent filmmakers can actually uh, get some good information on how, you know, you got to get out there and sell, right?
0: Well, I think that um, the most important uh, lesson is that you must not be embarrassed to uh, to be a merchant. You know, a lot of uh, young people think it's beneath their dignity that it's a Jewish thing to go out there and to sell and uh you know, to to it's dirty to go out to Cannes Film Festival, and uh, you know I've been going to the Cannes Film Festival in France, uh, as opposed to the Cannes Film Festival where the tuna fish cans come from. <laughs> uh, I go to there also, but the Cannes Film Festival in France is a big movie festival. Mm-hmm. I've been going there since 1971, and I um, have been creating a lot of street uh, street uh, theater and. Uh, I, I I have to admit, you know, I, I wear a bow tie and I, I I put on a clown face and you know we the Toxic Avenger comes with me and the mm-hmm. Tromets, and Dolphin Man and Kabuki Man and and you know a lot of people look down their nose at it but meanwhile those people are long gone they're they're washing cars somewhere and I'm still going and I'm still making movies mm-hmm. and I've sent my kids to Yale and Duke and Columbia and Harvard MBA and uh, uh, and uh, blah 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 because um, like Picasso because I read books Picasso was not afraid to be a merchant he was not afraid to be a showman he was not afraid to put on a clown face and uh, run around and promote himself Mm -hmm. he was not afraid to well he unfortunately did some other things that were like beating up women which is probably not a good thing but he was a promoter Uh, um, uh, Charlie Chaplin was a promoter Buster Keaton was not a promoter Van Gogh Van Gogh probably just as 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 uh, maybe more um, prof- uh, um, ge- more of a genius than anybody uh, uh was not a promoter he didn't go out and sell mm-hmm. he was uh, whatever for whatever reason uh he chose to cut his ear off instead of uh, going to the cannes film festival <laughs> and his paintings never sold however now his paintings are the most valuable in the in the entire history of art
1: mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: so uh, the lesson is that you've got to go and yeah assume unless you want to be a, a uh, a, a vassal of uh, Harvey, of the um, Harvey Weinstein or the Disney guys or whatever. You've got to go out there and sell your own damn movie and have total freedom, and uh, you can do it. You can indeed do it yourself and make your own damn money and not get ripped off. You know Kevin Smith. I don't know if you've heard of him. Oh but yes. He's uh, made a couple of movies. Oh yeah. uh, I don't know, Clerks or something. Yeah. <laughs> but at any rate, he's. Uh, He's out there saying that uh, the studios tell him he's got to do $50 million before he breaks even on a movie that cost, uh, you know, nothing. Yeah. And so he's out this distributing his own damn movie. He's he's trying to do what Troma's done for 40 years. But it's taken, you know, you'd think that he, who's been uh, the, uh, the lap dog, no, not the lap dog, but he's, he's been uh, the the protege of Harvey Weinstein and all the big studios, You'd think he'd be rich, that he'd be happy. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's just gone online. He's been tweeting about, uh, uh, or with his movie, uh, about how they've, uh, you know, he can't make any money. That they tell him that unless he makes fifty million dollars, he won't break even. Yeah. Right. And he's doing it himself now. Jeez. So, so uh, that tells you something. So I think that it's very important for uh, young people who want to be true artists, who want to do what they believe in, who want to have total freedom. Uh, they've got to learn how to uh, distribute their own movies and not be afraid to go out there and uh, and uh, whore for their art.
2: Yeah, yeah. And one thing I noticed in your book, like I say, I was skimming through it, and um, now you were, you know, you've been with trauma for years, but you also have, have dipped your foot into uh, producing major films like uh, The Final Countdown. And I was interested when I saw in the book that it said you were supposed to get two percent of the of uh, before. The gross. The gross, yeah. And and you've got nothing.
0: We have never gotten a cent, yes. And it has sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of uh, home videos.
2: How does that
0: that happen? When I I, I worked on that movie, uh, Troma was one of the uh, smaller producers on it. That movie convinced me that I never wanted to ever be involved in the making of a mainstream movie again, Mm -hmm. unless I got an awful lot of money uh which is happening with the remake of Toxic Avenger. <laughs> ah, they're going to remake it? But there and and my theory for for your readers and again you can uh, that this is coming from Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, so you have to take it with a grain of um, of, uh, of uh, what's that stuff that Socrates took? Uh, Salt. <laughs> <laughs> No, not salt. What did Socrates swallow? Uh, oh, okay. uh, whatever poison he took. I, I took oh, mine. Okay. Uh The point is that that you, I think there are only two ways to go about it. Either you have total freedom, or you are a hired gun and you get a big, big, big fee and you just let the money guys uh, have a good time. <laughs> There's no middle ground. You can't you can't compromise. You just it's either all or nothing. Let them. Just get the money and be happy and smile on your face, and I've learned that with the uh, musical, the Toxic Avenger musical with Bon Jovi music, mm-hmm. that played in New York for a year and is coming to Broadway now and has been all over the world. Um, you know, it, when they first started it, I was making notes and giving them my ideas, and they had no interest. and And I and I I backed off, and they did a great job, and uh, they made a lot of you know they've gotten a lot of awards. They're coming to Broadway, so. So I think it's really only two, two, you know. So with the remake of Toxic Avenger, um, uh, the hundred, which is a hundred million dollar budget, I will just, uh, uh, you know, take the check and uh, defer to the uh, experts.
2: So you won't be involved with it?
0: No, I mean if they ask me, obviously, but they won't ask me, and I won't make any effort to be involved. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it doesn't make sense. It, in other words, either you have total control. In other words, Toxic Avenger Part 5, which I'm writing now,
1: mm-hmm. I have
0: total control. Uh-huh. It, it, so I do whatever I want. Uh, obviously, the budget is small, so I'll have certain certain uh, lack of control due to the, the small budget. With the $100 million Toxic Avenger, uh, that's going to be in, in the control of the guys who are making it. Uh, Steven Pink, who's an excellent director, he did uh, Gross Point uh, Blank and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Hot Tub Time Machine and High Fidelity and and uh, and my guess is they have there will have no uh, who the guys making it uh, the producer is Akiva Goldsman who produced uh, Batman and Robin and uh, dangerous mind he uh, no a beautiful mind he won an oscar for that and mm-hmm. and there's some other huge movies i mean he's a major major producer uh, you know they they don't have any interest in what i have to say and rightfully so i'm an underground uh, guy so um you know then i accept it as long as we get a big check right give me the yeah, money no problem <laughs> that will enable me to make toxic avenger part five and class of newcomb high part uh, four and uh and uh, some other uh, projects yeah. so uh, you know uh, they, 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 they i've learned in my 40 years that there's no middle ground
2: yeah yeah you either got to go all the way or or just back off and and take and, the money and
0: yeah, let the let the guys, the mainstream guys, take over. Yeah, yeah.
2: And then that's to the average, you know, moviegoer, you know, we see, you know, you make a movie or something, and and if you're involved with it, you think, oh boy, that guy's making a bundle, you know. <laughs> and then we hear, and now that I've been doing this for several years, I, I've heard a lot of actors and producers and directors saying, you know, they haven't got any money off this, and and it's all the the angling with the studios
0: the only mo- the only movie that Troma has lost that Troma has not made a profit on has been The Final Countdown which is uh, the Kirk Douglas yeah. movie. We've never gotten a dime out of it. And and you know, it's recently been released on DVD and they've sold uh, something like 500,000 DVDs. We've never gotten a penny. Jeez. And you know, I don't even know if not that we would sue anybody, but I don't even, I, even if we I have no idea it was originally united artist and we wouldn't even know what to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And there's so many layers of baloney and
2: yeah. and the and, movie itself I, I enjoyed that movie actually
0: yeah it's a good movie yeah. got, no I've got no complaints about it the it's premise a and everything movie. was good that, that is a good movie in spite of the director and the crew that's a good movie because Kirk Douglas Peter Douglas and I uh, w- were fighting against the cast the crew and the um, and the teamsters and just about everybody else to oh, really? uh, try to make a decent movie
2: Huh? It, it had a lot of problems with it
0: well, they all—they all wanted was money. They—they they were more concerned about what they're having for lunch. Uh, uh, I would say that everybody on the cast and crew, except for Kirk Douglas, uh, actually Martin Sheen was pretty cool. He was good. Yeah. But everybody else, and and I mean he didn't—I don't—I don't think he cared necessarily about making a good movie, but he definitely was a team player and he was a good guy and he and he didn't cause any—he never—he made—he was low maintenance. He didn't. He didn't want a bigger suite than everybody else or any of that stuff, mm-hmm. which Jimmy Farantino did, and others did. And um, and he was a good guy. He was. He had just come off of Apocalypse and had had a heart attack, and, and, and in his contract he was supposed to have a certain amount of time at the gym. And when push came to shove, if we needed him, he would forego his time at the gym. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was a good guy. He yeah. was a very, very nice guy, as I remember. Yeah. But uh, except for Kirk Douglas, Peter Douglas, and... Uh, and me, I don't think that uh, anybody on that film—the director, cameraman, and everybody included—they were shits. Hmm. They were total shits. They were not interested in making a good movie, in my opinion. Wow! It was all about the the lunch, how much they could, how much they could uh, uh, scam off their petty cash accounts or their overtime, or um, oh, it was. It, and that that's the movie that uh, you know. Again, it was 19. When was it, 1979? Oh, that, that was a movie that uh, brought it home to me that uh, I'm not going to waste any more time in the mainstream. Yeah.
2: Well, how did you get involved uh, being a producer on that film?
0: Uh, I was the associate producer. Um, I had worked on Rocky and Saturday Night Fever, which were huge hits.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was only sort of, uh, you know, I was not the, the real producer or anything, but yeah. it was known that I had a big hand in making those films come in on modest budgets so uh peter douglas who was kirk douglas's son uh, brought me on to to um try to make final countdown instead of making it a, a you know a huge budget to try to bring in a movie that looks like a huge budget using some of the technique that trauma was using
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: and indeed we did you know we we got some amazing aerial footage and I mean, Final Countdown's are quite an interesting film. And would have been a lot better if, it, if the cast, crew, and director cared a little more. Yeah.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. Member FDSE.
2: Now, you mentioned Saturday Night Fever. Uh, what, were, what were you doing involved with that film? Uh,
0: well, I was the location uh, executive in charge of location, so that uh, movie, uh, you know... A lot of the what makes that movie so uh, charming is the fact that it's on all these genuine Brooklyn locations. Mm-hmm. It was my job to, to, uh, a find the locations, b create the logistics so that all the trucks and John Travolta, who was a huge teenage star, could shoot there without being encumbered and
1: yeah. blah blah. Yeah. It
0: was like a kind of like a, it was both running for Congress and waging war at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, and it's a great well you know. And we we got lucky in that we had a great director on it. Yeah.
1: N- now wh- and
0: Rocky on Rocky, John Avelson was hired to direct Rocky, but the producers did not have enough money to film in uh, Philadelphia. They they wanted to they 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 wanted to film it all in Los Angeles and fake Philadelphia, and John Avildsen and, and Stallone understood that hey it's a philadelphia movie and you've got to have philadelphia locations so they hired me and the crew from cry uncle which john avilson had had directed which troma distributes they hired me to set up the philadelphia shoot of uh... of rocky kind of uh... well with the non-union cry uncle crew and uh, kind of shoot it under the radar and um, and we did. We got about eight days. Uh, all the you know the running through uh, Rocky, jogging through the fruit market, right, uh, yeah. running up the stairs of the museum, the pet store, the mm-hmm. the meat locker where Rocky's uh, beating up the meat. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: uh, all these wonderful scenes were shot in Philadelphia. Pat steaks, and and it was all done uh, uh, under the trauma, kind of the trauma underground uh guerrilla type yeah guerrilla type work exactly and then on the 8th day the the teamsters found out about it and uh we had to stop and the producers uh and Stallone and they all went back to LA and did the rest of the movie but meanwhile we got a lot done
1: hmm. so 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 you worked and, for 7 days by the <laughs> way
0: when Abelson, when John G Avelson got his Oscar um he thanked me hmm he thanked me. There yeah. were a lot of other people he didn't thank, but he did thank Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah. Huh.
2: Jeez. And, 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 you know, and I'm again. in Rocky.
0: By the way, if you want to see what I looked like in 1976, um, uh, uh, playing a drunken bum, um, you can see Rocky. And there I am. I'm the so- drunken bum that... Uh, I was the best supported actor because Stallone picked me up and put me on his shoulder. I was laying in the gutter, uh, knocked out, you know, drunken in a drunken stupor, mm-hmm. Stallone picks me up and puts me on his shoulder and uh, carries me into a bar. Uh, so I was uh, the best supported actor. <laughs> so, so no, I, I, he he seats me next to another drunk and then uh, I'm uh, in the movie a few other scenes.
2: Yeah. It read that it that your scenes had been deleted, but they weren't then you're saying, right?
0: In Rocky 1. No, in Rocky 1 I had a huge part. Ah. In Rocky 5. Uh, Stallone and John Avildsen brought me back for Rocky Five, but um Stallone cut me out
2: mm. well i'll have to watch Rocky one again to see to catch you on that
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you can 't miss me in Rocky one now, Rocky Five is a great movie it's a terrific movie, but unfortunately uh you know nobody's perfect and they they cut out my uh my uh date my uh um, reprise of the drunken bum from rocky one
2: <laughs> you so you were they wanted you to be a drunken bum for quite a few years and it's the span there
0: <laughs> well actually i'm if you go to my i m d b you'll see that Lloyd Kaufman has played drunken Bum in probably fifty movies uh, i have been typecast as a drunken bum in the janitor, <laughs> which is a great movie uh, and uh, quite a number of movies um and i've also been uh, been uh, typecast as a uh, doctor um that's pretty much my uh, i seem i think those are my two main typecasting uh, yeah. i i i appear in a lot of independent movies to help the independent directors if yeah. you know sometimes i don't even get paid because they have no budget but right. you know yeah. michael Hers and i uh, uh, after trauma became well established we wanted to help uh, kind of support independent cinema mm-hmm. and uh, so i've been acting i've acted in about I think a couple of hundred movies, wow. many of which I've done for free, and uh, the um, Drunken Bum and the Doctor have been, I think, probably the two main parts that I've been cast.
2: Now, you paid, played a commander or something in in the Final Countdown, also. Yes,
0: I was the um, I was the communications uh, director and uh, communications officer in Final Countdown, and I didn't tell Kirk Douglas that I was going to show up in uh, costume. In a naval uniform, and um, uh, he was quite surprised. And at the end of the day, he told me that I was a much better uh, actor than uh, that. As bad as I was in, as an actor, I was a much better actor than producer. So <laughs> that stayed with me. <laughs> All that positive reinforcement.
2: How did it feel working with with the, uh, an actor of the stature of of Kirk Douglas?
0: Oh, um, I learned so much from Kirk Douglas. I mean, he was tough. He 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 cock I I he. It's. It, I I believe that he cocked. I'm pretty sure he cocked his fist and was going to deck me at one point. Um, but I learned so much about, you know, not accepting bullshit from people mm-hmm. and um, doing what I believe in. And he's he's one of the all-time greats. He broke the oh, yeah. blacklist. You know, e- trauma. I am economically blacklisted today. No matter what trauma has, we will never get on to HBO or, you know, we we discovered Trey Parker and Matt Stone with Cannibal the Musical. Mm-hmm, yeah. Cannibal the Musical has sold about half a million DVDs and yeah. VHS. Never been on American television, and uh, Trey Parker went on to do uh, South Park. Of course, and, yeah. And a show called uh, Book of Mormon, and and it's never and 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 uh, Cannibal the Musicals. Never been on TV of any sort, not even Skinamax, not even shitty Skinamax. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, that's called uh, economic blacklisting. You know, Harvey Weinstein tried to buy, his company tried to get Cannibal the Musical away from us for nothing. I mean, it's clearly a valuable property, and yet it's never been on American TV. That's called economic blacklisting. Uh, uh, Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger Part 4, has been even more successful than Cannibal the Musical. That's never been on American TV of any sort. Yeah. Not cable, not not anything. Because they're all controlled by a, a small number of giant uh, conglomerates.
2: Yeah. Jeez. Well, that's the other thing in the book I noticed, that you have a segment on um, the, the pressure that theaters put on, uh, uh, I mean, not theaters, but the studios put on the theaters to watch to to show their films for extended periods of time even if the if if even if it's a bomb and yes. and uh i i i've heard that from theater owners that's why i when i saw that yeah, i thought yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> oh yeah step up the music part 2 where which had nobody in the theater on a saturday night somehow got held over and poultry guys night of the chicken dead which had a pretty full house in its second week uh, out of a uh, in a theater that had about six screens got kicked out so that step up the music part two uh, could stay in you know that kind of stuff uh, I, I may i may not have it exactly right right but, yeah yeah but basically um you know the theaters are 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 owned and controlled by the major um, conglomerates a
2: lot of arm twisting
0: well it's just if you you know it's just that the, the, uh, the rules that used to protect the public against monopoly have been done away with. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, you know, Reagan got rid of the consent decree of 1948. The consent decree prohibited uh, the major uh, conglomerates from owning movie studios. And, and um, uh, thanks to Reagan, that went away. And then Clinton, much worse, much worse. Uh, Clinton got rid of the financial syndication rule which uh, says that uh, the financial syndication rule uh, stated that the, um, the uh, studios and the conglomerates were not allowed to own the, uh, the network content and that the networks were required to, to exhibit uh, at least 35% independent content. And thanks to Clinton, that rule went away. So as a result, you have these crappy, uh, cheap, uh, NBC owned uh, reality shows. So oh, ABC, yeah. <laughs> Disney owned. You know, you've got all these. You've got this crap yeah. because they go to the lowest common, the cheapest lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone's Cannibal the Musical has never been on TV. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And Citizen Toxie, which got an excellent review, of, well, a favorable, quite a good review in the New York Times, um, as and has sold a. You know, a lot of uh, more than *Cannibal* the musical, uh, a lot of DVD and home video has never ever been on any form of TV cable or otherwise. Because, and you would you would think uh, that economic the, blacklist. Yeah,
2: you would think that the studios or not studios, but the networks would jump because you know, naturally, if it's if the it networks, sells. The in-
0: networks, the studios, the newspapers, the theaters are all owned and controlled by a small number of these giant. Uh, mm-hmm conglomerates so uh, and and the rules that protect the public against monopoly have been done away with yeah, yeah. so uh, you know uh, they 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 win they win yeah
2: so even with all that going on
0: i mean the- look at kevin smith he he's leaving he was part of the establishment he's right. leaving it yeah he's one of america's premier directors and he's saying holy cow i can't make any money with the with the uh establishment I better go and uh, do my own damn distribution mm-hmm. and read Lloyd Kaufman's well he, I don't know if he's read my book but he should probably read my book. Yeah. Sell your own damn movie.
1: Right. <laughs> now with
2: so with all the, the the things against an independent movie you still feel that you can do it, right?
0: I think that if you lead the proper life, you can do it. If you overextend yourself and if you feel that you have to uh appear in the nightclubs with Ashton crutcher and uh Paris Hilton and whatever um, and you live beyond your means and uh, and uh, waste a lot of money on on uh, your credit card you'll get screwed mm-hmm. but if you live within your means and you don't have a huge ego uh you you'll win and I think Troma and Lloyd Kaufman are uh, proof of that yeah you know we we've, we've never we have not gone into debt um, we've always been uh, frugal um, we've, uh, you know, I st- I don't get to stay in uh, in, in um, the Four Seasons or uh, whatever. Nikki Hilton, Nikki Hilton stays. Yes. In. I I stay in the hotel wherever the cheapest motel is, and when I rent a car, I rent the cheapest, most dangerous car in the market, <laughs> and uh, and um, we don't take, we don't get into any debt. Yeah. And but uh, meanwhile, a lot of my compatriots, a lot of the uh, independent producers i know they feel they have to flaunt it they feel they have to stay at fancy can hotels and and uh, and then they're gone a year later they're finished yeah. they're gone yeah. they can't compete with uh, with uh, viacom and uh, Rupert Murdoch and disney they, they can't do it right yeah and they disappear they go away yeah. and uh, that's a big problem
2: so now with this book uh, sell your own damn movie and with the other books that you put out sell your uh, no what is it? Direct your own damn yep. movie and produce your own damn movie. People really have a nice guidebook, uh, you know, of the, of the total package of, of an idea of how to make an independent film.
0: Well, uh, I do have a nice package, but um, I don't think we should be talking about that. I'm married <laughs> and I've uh, been married to uh, one woman for 37 years. <laughs> but um, the, uh, the Make Your Own Damn Movie book, Make Your Own Damn Movie DVD box set, Direct your own damn movie. The Direct your own damn movie DVD box set. The Produce your own damn movie and the Produce your own damn movie DVD box set, which comes out in uh, this month. Ah, okay. And then uh, and then sell your own damn movie. My best book. I think Sell your own damn movie is my most visionary book. Uh, I think that if you get all this stuff, I think I don't think you'll need to spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars to go to USC Film School. Mm-hmm. I think you'll really, you know, pretty much have the complete. Uh, picture of what it is to to be an independent filmmaker and to, to, to both produce, direct, make, uh, inspire, and sell your own damn movies. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and it's become actually so much easier nowadays than it used to be. I mean, I'm talking, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago when people started making, you know, trying to make independent films. But now it's easier with the equipment that's available and everything.
0: Well, you're absolutely right, Brian. The, 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 the making of cinema has become democratized in the same way that the making of automobiles became democratized when Henry Ford figured out how to do it so that every middle class and, and actually every everybody could afford a car. Uh, the same has become true of uh, making your own damn movies. But what the, what the problem is is how do you make a living off your own damn movies? Mm, yep. And that is a big, big problem. And that's why I wrote... Sell your own damn movie because I do believe that I have kind of figured out how uh, you who have made a movie for nothing, thanks to the digital revolution, thanks to the democratization of cinema, how you can live off your movie. That's the, how you can live off your art. Mm-hmm. That's the conundrum: is that uh, you can make Gone with the Wind, and if if the, um, the mainstream, if the, the the elite, if the oligopoly doesn't want to help you uh... you're stuck
1: Yeah. yeah. and
0: my book uh, unlocks the secrets of how to how to uh, live off your art and not uh... lose control of your um dowry
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. now did you always wanted to be uh... involved with the movies
0: uh... i made the mistake of going to yale university i was uh, going to do something useful with my life <laughs> But uh, I went to Yale University and uh, uh, happened to be roomed with a movie nut. My freshman year, my roommate was a movie nut who ran the Yale Film Society. And I, you know, even though I hated going to Yale, um, it did change my life.
1: Hmm.
2: Jeez. And and I can remember years ago, and I don't know how many years, it might have been 10, 15 years ago, I was watching something on TV, on cable, and they were showing the Cannes film festival and of course they kept jumping back uh, from the the, the the mainstream things to you <laughs> out you know running around with the toxic avenger and everything in you know on the streets of Cannes and i and I, I always can remember when i saw that i thought this guy knows how to sell movie you know it's not the big studio but he knows how to sell movies
0: <laughs> Well, it's interesting because um, Nightline and some of the mainstream news shows uh, found us interesting. You know, after you've covered, you know, Justin Timberlake and uh, Spielberg and Madonna, you know, there's not a lot of interest at Mhm. But uh, so they go to trauma. You know, the media goes to trauma because we're kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. But we, we've... Uh, you know we we we're still doing that. we bring a bunch of people to cannes film festival. we rent an apartment uh, that might sleep seven or eight people and we bring about and uh, you know we'll have about fifty people sleeping on the floor and eating cheese sandwiches and learning how to defecate in a paper bag and they create wonderful street theater and and the, the citizens of cannes love Troma, and and they help uh, you know make some noise on the closet and uh and Roger Ebert and uh, the New York Times and the critics, uh, you know, once they've finished with uh, Lars von Trier, they they need something to fill up their yeah. their dance card. So uh, Tromas the place. Yes. Tromas the, you know, we always have something interesting. And our movies are good. Yeah. Our movies are terrific. When poultry guys Night of the Chicken Dead played at Cannes, um, the you know there were, we had to schedule extra screenings. Mm. There are so many. Uh, international fans and critics and media that want to see it mm-hmm. now was it
2: tough and you know now it's probably it's easier for you to get in there and, and show your films and and if you're on the streets people you know expect you and everything but when you first went the first time uh was it hard to get your film shown and did people sort of look at you on the street like what is this guy doing?
0: <laughs> well, the first time I went to Cannes in 1971, Brian, I slept on the beach. We had enough money to. We had a movie called Sugar Cookies, a movie on which Oliver Stone uh, cut his teeth, mm-hmm. and um, we didn't have money. I couldn't stay in a hotel. We 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 had uh, we rented uh, some theaters to show Sugar Cookies to the international uh, distribution community, but I slept on the beach, and yeah. I had the 35 millimeter prints uh in the movies in the theaters but you know we didn't have any money and uh and the uh festival and the cops and the people of Cannes loved that they you know, they thought it was a lot of, you know they were <coughs> they thought it was kind of cool that uh you know these uh, and I, I wasn't alone you know i had a couple of other people right with me. yeah <coughs> but you could never do that today uh, the Cannes film festival has become very corporate and yeah you know it's uh robert de niro and harvey weinstein and it's a different world. Mm-hmm. They would never, and and also the the cops would never, ever let me sleep on the beach. Yeah. But um, you know, when we started uh, doing the street theater and and having our parties and what have you, um, they no the, the 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 citizens of Cannes and the media and the French media they loved it instantly because mm-hmm. this is the true spirit of cinema.
1: Yep. Yeah. You
0: yeah. know this is and and um, and then the French Cinematheque Française. Uh, uh, liked my movies and they looked at me as a as a genuine uh filmmaker. So the Cinematheque Francaise has had a couple of trauma uh, series where they show Lloyd Kaufman movies and and, uh, and so so you know the I think they 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 got it pretty much from the, of course they like Jerry Lewis and right. um, yep. you know uh, and uh, they they. Um, Mickey Rourke was uh, always in the hearts of the French bef- well before The Wrestler.
1: You yeah, know? yeah.
0: So the French always liked the, um, the auteur, or filmmaker, or the consistent uh, personality on film.
2: Before we finish up here, I just have two final questions sure. for you. What's your favorite TV shows of all time?
0: Oh, uh, that's a very difficult question. I don't watch a lot of television.
2: Ah, okay.
0: But I I guess... I would guess that my f- favorite TV show—I guess the Honeymooners with Jackie Gleason. I—I mm-hmm. yeah. my my guess is that would be the most my favorite. Yeah. I—it's probably a very unoriginal answer, but yeah, no. I also very much liked uh, Crusader Rabbit, which I think everybody's forgotten, and of course Rocky and Bullwinkle.
2: Oh yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> and they—I think Rocky and Bullwinkle, to some extent have been uh, an influence on my uh, my movies. Really? Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah. <laughs>
2: now, what about film? Uh, other than your own films, what are your the, what's the type of movie that you you like or you used to, you know, watch or your favorite movies or well, when you
0: kick I, back? Uh, I think that uh, basically I'm an auteur theorist um, so I, I go by directors, so anything by Charlie Chaplin, anything by Buster Keaton, anything by John Ford, anything by Howard Hawks, anything by Jean Renoir, anything by Fritz Lang. Stan Brakhage, in my opinion, is the greatest visual artist of my lifetime. Uh, Mizuguchi, the Japanese guy who is sort of the John Ford of Japan. Uh, Princess Yanguefei might be the greatest movie of all time. Um, I've only seen it once because it was such a religious experience. Samuel Fuller, uh, Andy Warhol, I love the Andy Warhol, Brechtian, uh, kind of breaking the fourth wall thing, uh, um, uh, Douglas Sirk, you know, I, I can go on forever, but, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the, I go more by directors, Billy Wilder, and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Huh. Of the new directors, uh, uh, I, I guess I'm a big fan of Takashi Miike, who is a big fan of Troma, gaspar Noe, who is a big fan of Troma, but... Their newer movies have been influencing me. Uh, Takashi Mike was a big influence on uh, even though he likes our movies, uh the, Takashi Mike's uh, happiness of the katakuras uh which has some singing and dancing gave me the uh the courage to put some singing and dancing in poultry guys night of the chicken dead and, Yeah. Uh, and uh you know uh, uh, movies like uh, City of God, the Brazilian movie, uh, old guy uh, Cattle Royale, Asian cinema, of the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm fairly eclectic, well, but I, I'm more of a director's. Um, and I'm more inspired by the body of work by directors, right? And by specific movies.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I, I, I travel a lot to uh, film festivals, and one of the things I've noticed is that a lot of film, you know, independent filmmakers. They a lot of them just show up and and here's my film and, and they don't promote, and I think they really need to look at your book, sell your own damn movie, to get an idea of what's really going to bring them out above the rest and uh, I think people should definitely pick up your book and uh, if they're a filmmaker and and, and learn from it.
0: Well, thanks, Brian. I, you know, the reason I the reason I wrote the book is to try to, you know, as I said, Michael Hers, and I. Once Trauma was successful, we really wanted to uh, try to support independent art and commerce because the rules that used to protect uh, individualism have been done away with, and um, we, you know, anything we can do to sort of help a little bit to uh, promote uh, visionary, you know. Uh, uh, visionary thought and uh, to try to give people a leg up is uh, extremely important and mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I just hope that uh, we can continue to have independent uh, art and commerce yeah. well Lloyd thank you very
2: much for taking the time this, is, this has been a lot of fun
0: well thank you Brian and um, you know if you're in New York please come and visit the Troma building you'll meet a lot of nice young idealistic uh, people who uh really uh, are dedicated to uh, uh, independent uh, art and um, you know sincerely love cinema mm-hmm. and are not just in it to uh, make money thank you to uh, your to being interested in troma entertainment and the 40 years of uh, trying to uh, nurture uh, independent art and uh, commerce <laughs>
2: Lloyd Kaufman, I want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, he's a cr- crazy guy. <laughs> he's just a riot to talk with and had a lot of fun with that one hope you enjoyed it too and if you get a chance check out uh, lloyd's book sell your own damn movie if you are a person who is interested in independent films making your own film making your own money rather than letting the studios take it over for you and uh if uh, you want to get hold of that book go ahead and check it out a lot of good information in there also check out his other books uh sell uh, produce your own damn movie and direct your own damn movie and uh, it's you get all those and boy you can make yourself a great movie and uh, that's uh, a lot of good information on there he's quite a showman great guy lloyd kaufman that's about it for uh, this week and i just want to remind you once more if you are on facebook like us uh, just go to com. scroll down to the bottom we have a link right there that will take you right to our facebook page and uh, like us out there and if you're on itunes and you're downloading on screen or beyond there uh leave a little note uh you can leave a note there a, a review if you wish and uh let other people know if you like the show or not and we appreciate it very much it'll help uh get our name out there and get more people the chance to hear some uh, great interviews of people that uh, you know are, are so much fun and uh, just have a wealth of information and uh, great tv shows and everything else so if you get a chance go ahead and do that and don't forget Dee Wallace is going to be coming to On Screen and Beyond and she was of course in E.T. and Cujo and all those other films and if you have a question for her you can send it to us at feedback at com. and we'll see uh, we'll pick a few and uh, ask Dee your questions so that'll be coming up in a little bit So get those to us real quick. Until then, that's a wrap for this week. And uh, I hope you'll join us next week when we once again take you on screen and beyond. Till then, I'm Brian Zemrack. Take care.